Colby and Tyler, it's elevator pitch. Colby and Tyler, we're talking about stuff. Colby and Tyler, we're having a ball. Colby and Tyler, welcome back to Elevator Pitch. I'm your host, Colby Bradford. This is Tyler Borwit, and it's another Tuesday, <coughs> another episode. Is it Tuesday? It is. Yeah, I forgot about that. Doesn't feel like it. Yeah, the days kind of blend together after our gorgeous trip to Spain. Check that out in episode two, by the way. We had a great time. That was a fun one to record. We were in the middle of that huge uh, park. Yeah, we were. Saw some characters there. Yeah, we did. You know, it's interesting because when you're in Spain, these people... You remember the guys who... There are these guys that come up to you and they're like in these costumes. Yeah. Remember we ran into a Pinocchio... And Pinocchio didn't have his head on. Like, they all have these plastic heads for the characters on. And we were watching a street performance, and I looked to my left, and there's Pinocchio with his head off. But it's, like, kind of up. And then yeah. I, I, I go, Pinocchio! And he, he goes, <laughs> he flipped the head. He, like, did a little head shake. Flipped it on and goes, Hola! Yeah, no, it was great. It was really funny. And the thing is, is that... You can get pictures with these performers for free, but if you don't pay them, they kind of give you they'll, they'll give you a little little bit of grief. Remember that? They were, yeah, as soon as I took that photo of you guys, I knew that he was going to be like, all right, let's see some euros. I, well, I gave him a euro, and then we walked away. <laughs> yeah. It was fine. Our guest today is going to be John Luke. He lives across the hall from me, and uh, you may know him as the guy that people will scream from across campus. John Luke. <laughs> and honestly, he lives up to the hype, I would say. Oh, he's a great guy. I'm, I'm super excited to have him on the pod. I think it's a cool opportunity. I think next week we're going to try to have Britt Mobley, potential student body president. True. By the time this is out, right. we'll know. He's about an hour, 40 minutes away from finding out if he's the student body president. It's true. Oh, man. I, you know, honestly, I voted for him. I hope everybody did. Yeah. I love that guy. I think he absolutely Stand deserves Stand up, man. It. He really is. He's going to do a great job. He would. He would. But, um, yeah, pretty exciting week here. Tyler, what did you eat for breakfast today? Do the avocado toast, right? So, the issue with my avocado toast, which, by the way, I've been eating avocado toast probably for the past eight mornings. I buy them, but they're just not ready. The avocados aren't ripe enough. What do you mean? You have, like... Ten avocados are all there. still hard, and then they'll all be ripe at the same time, and I'll have a great two days, and then after that, <laughs> it's right back to non-ripe avocados. You're gonna, you're gonna have a lot of avocados to throw out. I will have. A, <laughs> I will have to like invite people over. I'll take an avocado when they're ripe. Yeah, I'll they're, take one. They're good. I mean, I, I don't know what I'd do with it. I'm not a big. You're much more of a cook than I am. I'm just so not a cook. I don't even know that's cooking though. I'm just kind of slicing it up and mashing it onto a piece of toast. I find it difficult to make PB&Js, dude. Like, to find that's... the energy. Am I just lazy? Am I a lazy yeah, person? Yeah, I was going to say that's... It's, I'm going to just call it ADHD like everybody on TikTok and get away with it. All right, fair enough. You do you. We're going to move right on to our guest segment. So just give us one second while we get John Luke in the studio. All right, we're here with John Luke. John Luke, say what's up. How we doing? How we doing? All right, John Luke. So let's just get right into it. We're just talking. Hey, wait, you said you're an anthropology major? Yeah, I'm an anthro and journalism double major, and Dude. then a minor in French. What the hell is anthropology? <laughs> I honestly don't what know. Even is that? Yeah, so anthropology is, in brief, the study of culture. Mm. And that can involve four, there's four main subjects of anthropology. There's cultural anthropology, which looks at 
uh, human behaviors in relation to culture, you know, how we live, how we behave, uh, that's religions, that's practices, anything from as small as food to, you know, as big as why wars are started, that's cultural anthropology. Then you have uh, biological, which is how we've evolved um, from different species to now humans. Uh, you've got archaeology, which is uh, history, it's Indiana Jones type of stuff, you know, oh. uh, finding the old artifacts and things like that from the olden days. How'd you get into this? Like, what made you decide to do that and to come here and study that? I think, in general, I wanted to do anthropology because I really liked learning about what was important to people. Um, just finding out why people do things, um, finding out what is important to different people. Like, one thing that's nothing to us is something super important to someone else. Right. And that always fascinated me. Um, and then I just, I came here because, well, one, I liked the anthropology building a lot when I went through it on the tour, thought that I could see myself like studying there. And then two, honestly, like my college process didn't, wasn't great, you know, so this was one of my few choices and I chose here. So. All right, dude, I get that. Yeah. What's the difference between like sociology and anthropology? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. The two are usually always together. Like the anthropology club is also the sociology club and the difference they're very, very closely related. Essentially, one is uh, cultural. You can think of anthropology as the motivations, and sociology is more like structure. So in sociology, you would talk about, um, it's mainly like politics, uh, hierarchies, and systems of order, and things like that. And uh, yeah, like I said, structure. And then anthropology is motivation, uh, different types of behaviors. That's dope. So, like, what you're into is, like, studying different cultures, like, around the world, pretty much. Exactly, yeah. I'm really hoping that with what I've chosen as my path, that I can just be paid to travel the world and just... Is that what the career would be? I think so, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm only three years in, so we'll see. (laughs) Something might change, yeah. I see that, I see that, like, with the journalism major and the anthropology major, so, like, you would be, like, reporting around the world. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to write, love to, to, to research and to write and to get those stories out. And luckily, also because of how diverse the journalism program is here, I can produce documentaries. I've got the skills, you know, everything I need. So here's a question for you. Okay. Um, we do this with all of our guests. If you are in an elevator, right, and you get in, you have to do your elevator pitch. Okay. What would you say? Well, first of all, who would you want to be in that elevator? And then before you get to that eighth floor, what would you want to say to them to market yourself? Wow. Yeah, that's deep. You can take a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, people-wise, you know, I would really just want to be talking to someone that that can give me the tools, give me the, well, I guess really funding Mm -hmm. to do what I want to do. So maybe I'm thinking, you know, publisher of of New York Times, Vice News, um, or we're talking about chair of the anthropology department at some big research university, let's say Chapel Hill. Um, and I'm telling to them, let's see, I've got to the eighth floor, so let's say 20 seconds, I introduce myself. Uh, I'm interested in studying, let's say, my number one thing has been uh, refugee resettlement and immigration. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to uh, be able to go, let's say, hot topic, Haiti. I, wanna, I want you, know, you to fund me a trip to Haiti, see what's happening. How can we best support? And then, of course, you have to have your unique angle. So uh, I'd say what is, uh, what are these political challenges that Haiti is facing and what can nonprofit organizations do in the United States to support that? Mm-hmm. So really, in anthropology, it's about finding a good question and just 
earning that, having a resume and then earning the respect to be funded to do that research. So, yeah, question, wow. how can nonprofits in the United States support Haiti in this time? That's a great response. I know, that's <laughs> the best one we've gotten yet. Yeah. Appreciate it. The yeah, most yeah, yeah. solid. You said New York Times, literally yep. today. So my dad's a writer. He's a, he's a journalist, actually. Oh, really? He's like a sports journalist. Okay. And he just got, um, his book just got reviewed by the New York Times. But I'm not subscribed to the New York Times, so I couldn't even read the article. I, I couldn't get into the article. It's you know, it's crazy. I did my um back in high school I did my senior thesis on like print journalism and like okay. that versus like digital journalism. Like yeah. what do you see a future in print journalism? Do you think that's just done? I I do believe I can see the death of the newspaper in the future. I do think that the niche market is moving out but I think now more than ever like we're becoming a more collect collectivist society I want to say like we like to have material things mm -hmm. and I think magazines are going to be much bigger in the future I think I think that's how people will be getting their more longer term news print wise and I think digital will stay breaking news yeah, I think I feel like it's like just everything needs to be like flashy these days. Like you gotta grab people's attention. The design exactly. is so important, and newspapers is as like design goes, pretty boring to look at. Yeah, I definitely. Know. I mean, where do we get our news now? I mean, you you share a TikTok, you you send a tweet or something like that. Like mm -hmm. yesterday when the the Nashville shooting happened, I didn't go to newspapers. I went to YouTube because I wanted stuff fast. Right? Yeah. So it's like. We have all these new ways, and then it's just also learning how to be responsible there. Because if you say something too quick and it's not right at all, that's something we talk about in the program. That's that's really bad. Yeah. So there's there's pros and there's cons, and you just have to be able to balance it. Absolutely. I, I, you know, and I think that what newspapers have become more often than not for like the older generation is more of just a ritual thing rather than an actual method of getting your news. Like. I, I love, you know, when I was at my grandparents' house growing up, we'd get the newspaper, I'd read the funnies, they'd read, like, the other sections. Yeah. And it's a ritual. It's not... But now it's become, it's just a ritual. I'm not actually getting, like, anything outside of local news here. Although I do think that there is something to be said about how newspapers can deliver no local news because if you look up TikTok and YouTube, like, the, you're not getting what's happening in Greensboro. Right. Exactly. You, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. I think there is some value. I just, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Magazines. And, of course, what I'm talking about is newspapers in, in New York and things like that. But when you have super rural communities, I'm thinking my grandma lives in Wadesboro, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have Wi-Fi in her house. She really? gets her news by talking wow. to people. So there is still a place, you know, in the United States it's getting smaller and smaller, but around the world there's still plenty of places that just don't have Wi-Fi, don't have stable access to the internet. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's still a place for print, but I just don't know if the United States is going to be that place for a lot longer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you said you were involved. What else did you say you were involved with? Yeah, so the French club, can't say too much. Uh, that one I joined at the recent club fair, um, but I know those events are there. They do weekly meetings. Um in the, what's the dining hall? There's a dining hall that they do weekly meetings at. Mm -hmm. And you just go and you have a meal. And you speak in French. And that's great because I'll be done with my French minor after this semester. So I've got another two oh, wow. semesters that I won't be speaking French consistently. So like events like that, the French club is perfect for. 
because um, I'll be able to go and still speak French and learn um, and practice, you know, practice. But uh, just for now, like I haven't prioritized those meetings. And because I'm a new member, I don't have much experience there. But I'd say the difference is uh, between one being focused on language and one on the culture. Right. That's great. So I have an idea. So I took French. Here. Okay. Failed French too the first go around. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I didn't fail. I dropped it because I was going to, and I was like, I don't want the, to fail. Yeah. So I have a basic understanding of French. Could okay. you tell me something about the Middle East in French? I'm gonna try to translate it. Tell you something about the Middle East in French. Yes. Okay. Or France. Uh, you know, dealer's choice. Honestly, I, I could go for mm. whatever. Okay. What do I want to say about the Middle East? Let's see. J'aime beaucoup de choses de l'Ouest parce que je pense que c'est l'Ouest, ouais. Uh, oh, l'Ouest en moyen. J'aime cette ce congrégation de pays parce que mon père est égyptien. Donc, um, toute ma vie, je, mange, je mangeais quelque chose d'Égypte. Je mange pour le petit déjeuner, je mange le fava beans. Donc, c'est comme. Uh, J'oubliais le mot, mais. Des de, uh, fava beans pour le petit déjeuner. Et. Uh, quoi d'autre? Uh, je suis uh, une. Uh, chrétien, uh, grec orthodoxe, orthodoxe de, de grec, donc um, c'est une petite religion entre le, le quelques diversités entre les États-Unis, mais il y a une, une grande population entre Charlotte. Charlotte, c'est le pays, le, le ville que je suis né. Donc, avec ça, j'ai mon intérêt entre cette congrégation de pays de l'Ouest moyen um, a augmenté avec temps. Et maintenant, c'est une grande partie de mon culture, de mon personnalité. Euh... Et oui. Oui, ok. okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got no, some of it. Yeah. I got some There's of it. No you were talking about breakfast and what they yeah. eat I heard in the Middle East. and Greek Orthodox. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about the, like, the religion. It's a small, Greek Orthodox is a small religion. In the United States, it's smaller than, you know, you know Baptist and... I'm assuming I might not I might not be right, but it's smaller. You'd see, you know, seven Baptist churches before you'd see a Greek Orthodox one. Yeah, no, I I was keeping up with that. Petit déjeuner is the one I always just like. It's stuck in my brain. Yeah, and Mars is. People, you know, we would have these tests in French that are like, they have us like translate what someone's saying. who's like a native. And you sounded like fluent, dude. Like really? that was yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even when you were like, because in English we're like, um, but you did the like, eh. like you had yeah. that like that was drilled into me in high school. Absolutely drilled. Wow. Yeah. Had to say eh instead of oh. That's impressive. Honestly, like, I, <laughs> I I can't. When I speak French, it's like I I don't know. I sound like a three year old trying to talk. It's so bad. It's like me. It's tough. Spanish. It's a tough language, man. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on into our game show, right? Right. So, are you familiar with our game show? I am not. No. So yeah, our game show is called Dumber Than Mud. Okay. It's uh, it's gonna be you two versus each other this time for fifteen dollars to Oak House. Head to head. Oh. Wow. Um. Wow. We brought up Oak House twice so far in this podcast. We're big Oak House fans. Yeah. Love they you should show. sponsor us. They should. We'll talk to them. All right. So uh, we're going to launch into that into our All next right. segment. Okay. So, yeah. So the way this works is I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay. And so all the questions are I'm going to read out the options. And then at the end, the last question you'll see, but you have until the end of the song to get as many as you can. Okay. All right. Right. 
So let's start with the first question. These are all related to video games somewhat. Oh, I'm going to crush this. So, Boston Celtics star Brian Scalabrini had the lowest 2K rating of all time. What was his rating? 34, 40, 50, or 55? 55. Who invented the dream shake move in the NBA? Allen Iverson, Kyrie Irving, Hakeem Olajuwon, or Tracy McGrady? Hakeem Olajuwon. Who was my favorite 2K player to use? Michael Jordan, Vince Carter, Shaq, or Kobe? Vince Carter. When was the first COD game released? 2003, 2007, or 2009? 2003. And now, name as many Call of Duty games as you can. Go. Call of Duty 1, Call of Duty 2, Call of Duty 3, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 5, World at War, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3, uh, Modern Warfare 2019, Modern Warfare 2, 2022, Black Ops, Black Ops 1, Black Ops 2, Black Ops 3, Black Ops 4. Am I out? And we're out of time. Dang. I don't know how many that was. I think that was at least more than Colby will do. So, <laughs> okay. it sounds like a lot. That's all that matters, right? There. All right, we're going to go grab Colby in and see how he's going to do. All right, let's do it. So, Colby, you know how this works. I'm going to play a minute of elevator music. Sure, I'm with you. So, yeah. So, you're going to have until the end of this to answer these questions. The last question is a little open-ended. You'll see. So, you'll have until the end of the song. Sure. All right, ready? Let's go. Okay, so... Celtics legend Brian Scalabrini had the lowest 2K rating. What was his rating? 34, 40, 50, or 55? Um. Ooh. 50. You are on the clock. Who invented the dream shake move in the NBA? Allen Iverson, <coughs> Kyrie Irving, Hakeem Olajuwon, or Tracy McGrady? Tracy McGrady. Who was my favorite 2K player to use? Michael Jordan, Vince Carter, Shaq, or Kobe? Uh, Michael Jordan. What was the first... When was the first Call of Duty game released? 2003, 2007, or 2009? Oh, I should know this. Um, 2007. And name as many Call of Duty games right now. Advanced Warfare, Ghost. That's all the time we have for you. You got no single question. <laughs> you did not get a single question right. Dude, I'm the wrong guy for this. Damn. I don't know the NBA like that. It wasn't NBA. It was more like... It was an NBA question and a 2K question. I don't even play 2K like that. I play it with you and that's it. Your favorite player is Michael Jordan? <laughs> no, I like Vince Carter. God damn it, I knew that. It was either Michael Jordan or Vince Carter. Alright, well, I guess I lost. See, how many did you get? I got 13 cards. I got all of them with the Scalabrini one. Jesus, what the hell? <laughs> okay, well, that's gonna do it. I'm extremely embarrassed right now. I'm gonna go retreat to my hole because <laughs> this is humiliating. Um, thanks for being on the pod. I oh, appreciate you, man. Anytime. It was a great conversation. Tyler, anything you want to say? Well, you know, I was thinking about saying this, but I'll let John Luke do it in French. Restez-vous sexy, Elon.